Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now get ready for another episode of Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champagne. Welcome to our podcast. Please be aware the thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are their thoughts and opinions only and do not reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks, or their sponsors and associates. We would like to encourage you to do your own research and discover the subject matter for yourself. Hi, I'm Sandra Champlain. For over 25 years, I've been on a journey to prove the existence of life after death. On each episode, we'll discuss the reasons we now know that our loved ones have survived physical death, and so will we. Welcome to Shades of the Afterlife. How is your day going today? How are you feeling about life? You know, I've been watching the news the past couple of weeks. I know there are many of us who have experienced grief, and then there's been some real scary stuff on And sometimes when you see someone else experiencing grief or worry, it can ignite the grief that you've felt before in the past. So always I say, be gentle on yourself. If you haven't taken me up on this offer already, chapter 10 of my book is How to Survive Grief. And if you want a free copy of it, go to wedontdie.com, enter your name and your email address, It says it's just the first few chapters of my book, but in truth, it is the entire book. Most of mankind has no idea how grief can lock hold on us. And so many things that we think are in our control, our feelings, our thoughts, they really are not. They're part of the grieving process. But there are things we can do to move through grief, to feel better. So please take me up on my offer. WeDon'tDie.com Scroll to the bottom of the page and you'll see just where to put your email address and name. 
Now, if you felt yourself emotional lately, know something that our emotional center is how our loved ones communicate from the afterlife. The more emotional we are might mean the more sensitive we are to afterlife communications. You've heard that everybody can play piano, right? Some people are just natural at it. And some people, it takes years, but of course they can learn through practicing. Our Spiritual development is the same way. Some people find, and you've heard these stories of, I saw people in spirit when I was a little kid. And then there's others that in their 60s, 70s, 80s, end up learning how mediumship works. We all have the ability. Like I said, they communicate through our feelings and through our emotions If you're somebody like me who doesn't like to experience the negative ones and might eat something or some people drink something or others do other distracting things to avoid feeling emotions, I recommend that we all try to sit with those emotions and actually pay attention to them. Sometimes it's our loved ones trying to communicate with us. Here's something you can do. Take a picture of your loved one. Think about them look at their picture, recall an experience that you had together, and then pay attention to your belly. How do you feel? What's your gut say about it? Soak up the laughter, the love, the memories, and really pay attention to those feelings. When we can activate those feelings, also pay attention to the other thoughts and feelings that come into your mind. Paying attention to our feelings, looking at a picture of our loved one, talking to them. It's like knocking on the door saying, hey, will you let me know you're still around? And don't be surprised when all of a sudden other thoughts and feelings and memories come flooding in. It's them just saying, I'm right here with you. Our new medium classes are also starting. Whether or not you want to be a medium, I think it's so cool for any of us just to learn how our soul communicates. And I tell you, you would be blown away by realizing you are not the flesh and blood that you think you are, that you are so much more. We really do have divine powers as being a human, and oftentimes we don't pay attention, but they are there. And I'm sure You've had plenty of opportunities to have instincts, intuitions about people, and things you just knew. So moving on with our show, the world lost and the spirit world gained our wonderful pioneer, Bill Guggenheim, this past month. I'd like to start by reading his obituary. And several years ago, I got an opportunity to talk with him. So I want to play some of his words. Here's the obituary. Sadly, Bill Guggenheim has left this world for the next at the age of 84. He died suddenly and unexpectedly of natural causes at his longtime home in Florida. Bill would not want us to grieve his loss, but rather celebrate his exceptional life and joyous transition into the realm of spirit. For those of us who knew him and loved him, this task is much easier said than done. Not to grieve the death of one so very special, who gave so much to so many, often anonymously, asking nothing in return, is nearly an impossible challenge. 
Bill was a pioneer in the field of after-death communication, also known as ADC experiences. He is considered by many to be the father of after-death communication research, based on his project in which he and his ex-wife Judy collected over 3,300 first-hand ADC accounts and interviewed over 2,000 people. The ADC project resulted in a best-selling book entitled Hello from Heaven, published in 2006, featuring 353 cases. Now critically regarded as classic work, Hello from Heaven has helped hundreds of thousands of people all over the world to heal their grief over the loss of a loved one. Generously, Bill made it a practice to send out copies of his book free of charge to newly bereaved individuals, especially parents who had lost young children. Based on his diligent research and his firsthand experiences, he came to the abiding conclusion that life and love are eternal and that death is merely a transition to a higher realm of continued existence. His longtime personalized automobile license tag beautifully and succinctly summed up his firm conviction about life's purpose. Be love. So here's a conversation I shared with the wonderful Bill Guggenheim. I'm from Long Island, Manhattan, in New York City and New Jersey, Mm -hmm. and uh, grew up there and went to school there, uh, Yale Yale University. But mainly, I was a stockbroker and securities analyst, literally on Wall Street. I worked for two small firms, which has nothing to do with this, but uh, that's uh, my orientation. I inherited money when I was 21. I wanted to learn how to manage it. That's why I studied a whole bunch of courses and eventually worked in the field. But uh, Judy and I uh, moved to Florida. We had one son at that time. And I had a spiritual awakening in 1974 that uh, led me to attend a five-day workshop with somebody very, very famous. That's uh, Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who wrote, and she wrote all the books, the early books on uh, death and dying. Yes. And this workshop was uh, held in 1977. It was just a, a series of coincidences, uh, if there are such things. I happened to be watching her on the Phil Donahue show one, one day. Judy called me in to see her. I had heard her name, but I didn't know who she was. I watched for an hour, and she really spoke about near-death experiences, which I was a bit familiar with. I had read Raymond Moody's book, Life After Life, which was published in 1975, and I uh, knew some people involved with that research and things like that. I didn't, you know, this didn't change my life or anything at all. I just watched it, and then coincidentally, the same show came on another cable channel, when we were living in Sarasota, uh, two weeks later. And in that show, it had her name and mailing address below. So feeling kind of magnanimous at the moment, I wrote a check to support her work. Great the check, $25. What you might do if the Brownie Scouts came around or the fire department or any other you know, house to house charity call kind of thing. And I thought that's, you know, I did my good deed for the day and that would be the end of it. But as it turned out, Elizabeth wrote back to me, sent me a a number of audio cassette tapes called Lessons from the Dying Patient and invited me to attend a five-day workshop with her. And I didn't know anything about it. So I waited up to the last day before registration 
And I felt, well, if I went, then probably a doctor or a nurse or a social worker or, you know, somebody in the medical profession would not be able to attend if I went. So I called her office in uh, Illinois to speak to her secretary, uh, I thought, and I was going to apologize and say very much, thank you very much for inviting me, but really, you know, give my seat away. Don't hold a place for me for somebody who could make a bigger difference in the field of death and dying. And however, that particular day it was snowing in Illinois, and Elizabeth answered her own phone, recognized her voice immediately. So, putting this into context, imagine calling some movie star or somebody like that, and, and you know, Anna, Jennifer Aniston, and you get her right on the phone. Boom, right. It's her. It's not, you know, some, uh, a machine or uh, somebody else that works there, but it was Elizabeth. So, I went through my little routine about thank you for inviting me, but. And she listened patiently, and then she simply said, uh, in her German-Swiss accent, Bill, I think you should be there. <laughs> and I, I just point out, I guess I'm a pushover for dominant women, because I said, well, Elizabeth, if you think so, I will. And uh, six months later, sure enough, I was there for five days. It was not, the workshop was not about death and dying. It was about life and living and people uh, releasing their grief, their pain, their sorrow, all kinds of things, not just uh, death, but having been abused, having been this, that, or the other throughout life, you know, all the different human, uh, human emotions. And we bonded so much that by the end of the workshop, we all wanted to just call our immediate uh, family members and friends and go off to an island together and never go back to reality. It was so incredibly loving. I've never experienced in a group the, the love we shared in those few days, which built, built, built throughout the workshop. The big point is that on that Thursday evening, she flew Raymond Moody down from Virginia to Florida, where the workshop was, to uh, speak to us. And he spoke about his near-death experience research and whatnot in his book. And a couple of people, three people talked about they had had one of those. This is a good time to go into our first break. Isn't Bill Guggenheim just down to earth? You never know how one TV show or a conversation with a person can make a difference. Raymond Moody, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross made a huge difference in Bill's eyes. Little did he know he would be one of the biggest afterlife pioneers with his book, Hello from Heaven. And we'll be back. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Hey folks, we need your music. Hey, it's producer Tom at Coast to Coast AM and every first Sunday of the month, we play music from emerging artists just like you. If you're a musician or a singer and have recorded music you'd like to submit, it's very easy. Just go to coasttocoastam.com, click the Emerging Artist banner in the carousel, follow the instructions, and we just might play your music on the air. Go now to coasttocoastam.com to send us your recording. That's coasttocoastam.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger. Talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. 
It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com shades today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot shades. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm George Norrie. Thank you for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This is afterlife expert Daniel Braintrace, and you're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and you are listening to a conversation I had with the late, great Bill Guggenheim, co-author of Hello from Heaven. You just never know when an ordinary, everyday person is someone who can make a big difference. So last, he was talking about a workshop with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, and Dr. Raymond Moody was there. Then it went into another direction where a woman claimed that her daughter had been hit and killed by a a driver of a car accidentally when the daughter was out walking with a friend. So both these two teenage girls were killed. She had what she called a dream in which she saw her daughter conversed with her. The dream was very, very healing. It had had occurred about a year before, and this woman was a nurse herself, and she accepted it fully as being authentic and real and an actual contact from her daughter. And uh, then she went on to say how her son had seen his sister while he was doing his homework one evening, which scared him, and he went running into the living room and saying, Kathy's there, Kathy's there, and he described what she was wearing and whatnot. And I had never heard of anything like this before, ever. Anyone who had died was, my phrase was, when you're dead, you're dead. You know, and uh, the, the body is like a flashlight battery. When the juice runs out, you throw it away. 
Wow. And those were my views. So I was not, I was very skeptical about this. I thought it was very nice that the mother had a dream, but when she called it a dream, I dismissed that as being not real. And when the boy gave his account of seeing his sister, I figured teenage boy, little marijuana, who knows what, you know, probably a drug reaction. And, uh, threw that one away. But then Elizabeth went on to narrate a story in which a patient of hers had died 10 months earlier, came back to Elizabeth, made Elizabeth make a promise that she would not quit her work because there was a great deal of pressure on Elizabeth at that point of opposition by the medical community to stop doing what she was doing, even though she worked in a hospital and everything. And she was a full-fledged American psychiatrist at that point, although her background was from Switzerland. When finished, when Elizabeth finished her long story, which is in our books, I'm not going to go through it, you could literally hear a pin drop. Uh, it would have sounded like a crowbar <laughs> uh, falling on a concrete floor or something. It was so dramatic. And so I went home with the idea, well, if it happened to one person, Elizabeth Kula-Ross, who had everything to lose and nothing to gain by telling this experience, mm-hmm. I felt. Uh, maybe it's happened to some other people. Now, in back then in 1977, 78, late 70s, throughout the 80s, there was no internet or anything like it. It was the interlibrary loan system. So I was able to get books from anywhere in the country that I could locate or, you know, a title of it, an author or whatever. And so I would get a book here and a book there and there'd be one account or two accounts or maybe three on something like this. And one had a whole chapter on it, but, you know, out of all the books that had ever been written, one had a chapter. And I was curious and I didn't know what to do about it, but I went to Raymond Moody, who I had gotten to know myself, again, the father of near-death experience yes. research. And I asked, I figured if he wrote the book, it would get attention. And while Raymond never said no, he never said yes, and he kept postponing me for years. Because, and I even found a man who he worked with up in Georgia, so he would find people to interview. So the three of us would work together, but it never happened. And I finally had an experience of hearing a voice in my own head say, do your own research, write your own book. It's your spiritual work to do. And so it was back on me. And I didn't know, I mean, I could figure out what to do, yes, but I had never done it. And that was very simply, find people who had had some kind of experience of being contacted by a loved one who would die and interview them. That was my methodology, very simple. I called my former wife, Judy, to come over. And we were, had been married 17 years. We were divorced for four years. But I had shared all my information and interest in this with her before we were divorced and even afterwards. And so she did. And even that day when she was there for an hour, we got a phone call from somebody telling us about an account. This woman's aunt, seeing a friend of hers who had died, having the experience before she was even informed that the friend had died. Wow. That was at least evidential. Sure. That's what I really wanted to find, something which could convince me that these weren't just imagination or wishful thinking. Right. Or, you know, uh, bereaved desire of the bereaved, that kind of thing. And uh, long story short, in our book, we do have six chapters of why are these real? And I'll go through that later, but it uh, provides evidence within the experience, not just reading it, but the content of it, uh, how they learn, what they learn and whatnot, that uh, they learn something they didn't know before or before they were told a loved one had died, things like that. So with that, I plunged ahead. My job was to find 10 people a week here in Orlando, Florida, and I did. 
to who would claim to have such an experience. Because I didn't know if we'd find 50 people in a year or 100 in a year. Mm-hmm. Long story short, we interviewed 500 people the very mm-hmm. first year. And uh, that led to being in contact with various bereavement organizations, asking them to help us by providing people who were grieving the death of a loved one, especially bereaved parents. Mm-hmm. And uh, we gave our first lecture, workshop, whatever you want to call it, one year after we began our research, which we began in 1988 through 1995. But 1989, we gave our first workshop with over 300 people in it, all bereaved parents. Wow. And a second one the same day with more than 200 bereaved parents in it. And because another little coincidence, I had met a woman who was a reporter for the St. Petersburg Times. She was there and she brought a cameraman. So we had a wonderful, beautiful article over in the St. Petersburg newspaper that was written with a color photograph. And we used that uh, as evidence that our research was real and honest yes. and straightforward. And we used that throughout the rest of our six years of research. Uh, whenever we contacted anybody, uh, individuals or, or organizations. So we had, and there were other stories in other newspapers, including the Orlando Sentinel had two in there. So we got a great deal of publicity before our book was ever, ever published. We just kept going and going and going. We kept hearing more and more experiences. So we didn't stop. And we wound up interviewing 2,000 people in all 50 American states and all 10 Canadian provinces. All backgrounds, all interests, all different relationships, everything. And that's in the book. And Hello from Heaven contains 353 firsthand accounts that uh, we put in the book that are all representative of all the others we, we heard and how did you pick the 353 out of 2,000? Uh, wow. Basically, they fall into categories. We okay. found 12, sounds like the Zodiac, the 12 categories. Uh-huh. Actually, there are one or two more now, but then there were 12. Uh, they, they just fell into one, such as feeling or sensing the presence or hearing a voice or feeling a touch, a tactile touch, a pat, a tap, a caress, a kiss, something like that, or smelling a fragrance of some kind, or actually seeing them. They, they fall into patterns of types of experiences, and within those, we found the ones that were the clearest and easiest to understand, the best told, frankly, verbally, mm-hmm. and that edited down to a reasonable amount of space in a book. And yes, there was a lot of hard choices, but... Uh, we had to, you know, not have a thousand-page book because we knew nobody would read that. Hmm. What are some of these 12, if you don't mind? Hearing a voice mm-hmm. or sensing a presence or feeling a touch, these types of things. We go on to later uh, into, of course, we people call them dreams. We call them sweep state ADCs because they're very common. But they're not, a, people will tell, go through a whole experience, they use the word dream, 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 but then they'll finish by saying, but it was unlike any other dream I ever had. They saw the person, they communicated usually, it was detailed, it was personal, it was comforting, uplifting, and even other people in their dream, if there were a group of people, didn't see that person, only they did. And so there are unique little twists and turns within many of these. Do you have any stories of ADCs that continue to just, like when you think about them, there's no doubt this is reality. Any stories you could share with us? Well, the, the easiest one is the one I had, and that was before 
we ever began the research. Judy and I were uh, owned a home in Longwood, Florida, which is a suburb of Orlando. And one Sunday afternoon, we had a, a talk. We were in our living room, which is in the front of the house. And we had gotten up each go on and do whatever it was uh, the rest of that Sunday. And I heard a thought in my mind very clearly. It said, go outside and check the swimming pool. It's very common in Florida for people to have screened-in pools. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be a millionaire or anything like it. I mean, you look from the air, it's hard to find in some areas, in suburban areas, houses that don't have pools. Right. How common they are. So we had an uh, average size screened-in pool. And so I walked from the front of the house to the rear, and which had sliding glass doors. Between us and the pool, we had about 15 feet away, there was a wrought iron fence, and the gate had been left open. And we had three sons at that point. Two of the older ones used to use that as a shortcut to go to the backyard. So from the back door through the gate to the pool and around the pool to another door outside the pool. And so I went to close the gate. And as I did, I had to look down at the deep end of the pool. And there, our youngest son, Jonathan, was floating and not moving at all. Imagine Nelson's dead or alive. He was only less than two years old. He didn't know how to swim, and I tore off to the other end of the pool. And just before I jumped in the water, Jonathan was floating face upwards. His arms were akimbo, and he spread out with his legs. His eyes were open, and he wasn't moving, but he had almost like a small smile on his face, in my memory. And so I jumped in the water. I came up under him, pushed him to the side, and while I'd been running down the side, I yelled out, Judy. I screeched out, Judy, and she came running immediately, and she literally pulled him out. I pushed him, and she pulled him. We both got out. It was May. The water was still cold. I was shivering a bit. We didn't know what yet, and within a few seconds, he spit up water, and he was fine. He did not even require CPR. That's how quickly this had occurred. Wow. Incredible story. So important to listen to those gut instincts. And in Bill's case, he heard a voice. It's real, folks. Absolutely real. Hello from heaven. Time for our next break, and we'll be back with more Bill Guggenheim. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Hey, it's time to head over to coasttocoastam.com and check out the Art Bell Vault, a collection of timeless audio. Listen to some of the great interviews with the likes of the late Father Malachi Martin, Dr. Evelyn Paglini, investigative journalist Jim Mars, and more. This is classic audio that you can enjoy at any time, and it's all heard without interruption. New shows are added each week, so find out how to access the Art Bell Vault now by going to coasttocoastam.com. That's coasttocoastam.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. 
Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Are you looking for that certain someone who shares your interests in UFOs, ghosts, Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, and the paranormal? Well, look no further than ParanormalDate.com, the unique site for like-minded people. If you like the senior crowd, try ParanormalDate.com slash seniors to meet like-minded people that are 60 plus. It all depends on what you prefer. ParanormalDate.com is great for everyone. You can also tap into members that are 60 plus at ParanormalDate.com slash seniors. Enjoy your search and have some fun at ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Thanks for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Make sure and check out all our shows on the iHeartRadio app or by going to iHeartRadio.com. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and we are hearing about Hello from Heaven from the late Bill Guggenheim. He just told us a story about hearing a message, check the swimming pool, where he found his two-year-old boy floating and subsequently survived. Let's continue. And other people in, in Hello from Heaven have received messages to look out and check the barn. In, in that case, the barn was on fire and would have spread to the house or don't uh, board that airplane. And then later on, the plane crashes. Wow. They're not told the plane will crash. Don't get on. Just don't get on that plane. So if you if your listeners don't believe a word I say, that's up to them. But if you ever, ever receive information about slow down now or stop your car now or anything like that, please be good about it and listen to that voice and heed it because it will probably save your life or at least prevent you from having a serious accident. So let's talk about a few other of these kinds of um, after-death communications because I think we can have them and not realize we're having them. Like, for instance, smelling my grandmother's perfume or something like that. You know, that could be a very real communication, couldn't it? It's a whole chapter in Hello from Heaven about that. Uh, you can smell a perfume, a cologne, a favorite food, a favorite mm-hmm. uh, beverage. Uh, could be a sachet was reported. Uh, a, the scent of a baby can be reported. Anything to do with smelling something like that, and which makes them the most interesting in a way because this is a category of all the types of experiences that other people can share and do share easily. So let's pretend you're calling me from northern Minnesota. 
in the middle of a blizzard. Okay. Snow outside, no flowers anywhere. No, and you're working in an office in a big building, in a cubicle or whatever, and there's no flowers and there's no cologne, there's no perfume of anything. And all of a sudden you start smelling lilacs, which may not even be a flower native to there. I don't know. But you smell lilacs. And lilacs remind you, that was, you say, your mother's favorite flower when mm-hmm. she was alive. And this, you just feel surrounded by lilacs and uplifted and you feel a warm hug from your mother emotionally. And you say, thank you, mom, or whatever. And somebody comes along and they go, sniff, sniff. What's that smell? What is it? Oh, oh yes, it's flowers. It's lilacs. And they'll smell it. And a third person will come along. And a fourth and a fifth. So these, and we have one in which 12 people all smell the same roses when there are no roses there. So that's evidential when it's two or more people at the same time in the same place sharing the same experience. Again, with no words involved, without anybody saying, oh, do you smell that? Not prompting them or listening, oh, yes, yes, you know, causing them to say yes, but they on their own noticing it and commenting on it. Can we talk about telephone calls? I just want to share something that one of the listeners told me that her dad had a close friend who had passed away. And I don't know how long it was after the, the guy had passed away, but uh, this gentleman's cell phone rang that it was from the guy who died. And of course, he couldn't have dialed it because, you know, he was gone. So he, the fella just assumed that, well, somebody else must have gotten the number or something like that. So he dialed the number back and the number had been disconnected. Yes, so, yes, yeah. yes. This was just coming in as we were finishing our research or we would have had more on that regarding cell phones, pagers, and computers. And people have received messages on their computers. And this is not an email from us, you know, us, somebody trying to make them feel good or somebody trying to spoof them. This is just a little message for them on a computer or um, hearing telephone calls. It's not uncommon. It's not the most common, but it's the smallest category. But one man wrote a whole book on it called Phone Calls from the Dead. Wow. He was a parapsychologist. And uh, I read his book long, many years ago. But what it is, is imagine you're, okay, two, two forms. One is when you're asleep. Now, maybe you can accept it more easily that you're sleeping and the phone rings that you hear in your head and you pick it up and it's your aunt or your parent or your child or whatever it is. You can accept that more readily than actually seeing them in person or, you know, during a so-called dream sleep state ADC or whatever. And you have a two-way conversation with them by telephone and hang up and that's that. Okay. But what about when you're wide awake? Let's say you're in the kitchen, you're cooking or cleaning up or some other room of the house doing whatever you're doing. doesn't matter. Wherever you are, it could be a business even. And the phone rings, you pick it up and it's the voice of your loved one who died. And they communicate to you. They speak to you. And you can have one-way or two-way communication with them during this type or other types of experiences as well, but two, one or two way communication. And generally their voice then begins to fade away and that's the end of it. But there's never a hang up or a disconnect sound or a dial tone. It just fades away. And in some cases there can be on like on a cell phone there can be, it can show the, the phone number, but if you dial it, it's not valid or whatever. But uh, we have the whole chapter in the book on phone calls. Yes. What's the most common kind of ADC? The most common one is perhaps not the most uh, 
interesting because it's the, the hardest to imagine unless you've already felt it, but it's called feeling or sensing the presence. You just feel the person is around you or near you in your vicinity. And many people can point to where in the room, like over to my left or to my right or behind me, and they can report a change in temperature sometimes, occasionally. The temperature may rise or, or decline, sometimes drastically. And they will also know when that's no longer there, when the person is left. But they'll say, oh, that's Aunt Mary who just died or that's so, so, so and so. It's usually somebody who's not quite as close to them. And they say, well, I'm just, you know, I'm upset because I'm thinking about him or something like that. So that's why I imagined it. But really, they are feeling it. They know it. But because in our culture, we discard so many things like that as not real. They throw it away. In other cases, uh, it's maybe their deceased husband or wife or child. Those can go on for months and even years. And what we say very simply, it's not that they just want you to feel their presence. They're not just letting you know they're there. There's something you can do right here, right now, when you have that occur. And that is sit down, relax, relax your body as much as you can. Close your eyes. Take a few deep breaths, just like you're on after meditation, mm -hmm. and open your mind and ask to receive a message. At first, you're, you know, your mind's just turning away, like usual mind chatter. But you should, in time, receive a message from them because they want to communicate with you. They sure. want more than to just give you a, a fragrance for you to smell or a touch or things like that. They want to communicate something verbal. And we there's a whole list of those I'll be happy to get into in a minute. Sure. But uh, feeling the presence is the most common. And uh, I would say the sleep state, so-called dream, is the second most common. But here's a by analogy, because I do and I have a lot of time in a workshop. How hard is it to get hold of somebody today? You call them on the phone, you get voicemail. Right. You have to send them an email. They may, may not get back to you for a day or two. You call on and on and on, all these different ways. And yet we're further apart. I mean, the, the joke is about kids who can text and they're doing it incessantly. But if you put the same kids in the same room together, they don't know what to say to each other. I know. None, by the way. They have no idea what to say with real words. Right. You know, out of their mouth. And so it, we're closer by texting and tweeting and all this, but we're further away from each other in terms of emotionality and, and, and heartfelt words than True. ever. Yeah. And when I first got into this, I had so much fear of telling people that I was looking into life after death and looking for proof. And and these are the things I came up with. Bill, I thought people were going to think I was crazy. So I kept my mouth shut. And I think so many people have had experiences and might be afraid to share. Uh, that was the biggest surprise as we did our research. Because people said to us, I had my experience five years, 10 years, 20 years ago, mm -hmm. and you're the first person I've ever told, or you're the first people we've told outside of my immediate family or friends. And so many people said that, that I knew our book, if nothing else, would validate their experiences for each other. And that's why we chose the format of having 353 first-hand accounts. It's not about Judy and Bill Guggenheim. And I don't care if we have PhDs. You're still not going to reach more people. Then by having the accounts and the experiences own words, first-hand accounts, in other words, that they can read and decide for themselves, are these authentic or not? 
And that's what we wanted to do, and that's what we did. And books are not usually done this way because there's very little of us in the book, and we're not trying to be the experts that say this means this and that means that, and of course, you must believe such and such. We wanted the readers to read these accounts and make their own objective opinion of what they thought it meant. And uh, I loved, there's one comment, even on Amazon, this guy, I think I believe it was a man, who kept reading a book and then throwing it against the wall. Oh my gosh. With disgust, but then started to read it again. And he said he couldn't put it down. Oh, there's such a battle in our minds, even as long as I've been involved with this. You know, little voice in my head sometimes tells me I'm losing my mind. It, none of it happened. You know, I think we all can find, you know, that we fight that negative. But you have to realize what we didn't really elaborate on because we couldn't in our book is what we regard as these types of experiences or near-death experiences, things like this, as being weird or different or out there. They're called parapsychological, paranormal, and mm-hmm. other words meaning not real as far as true science goes. These occur in other parts of the world, such as Central and South America, parts of Europe, the Far East, especially the Philippines, where people have these experiences at night, we'll say, share them with their friends and family members the next day, openly and easily, and they're accepted fully. We're the ones with blinders on. We're the ones that don't accept what the rest of the world does accept. And it's all because our whole society is so scientifically oriented. Uh-huh. It goes back to the sun revolved around the earth, and that was disproven, mm-hmm. and this was disproven, and that was disproven, and science gradually ascended to be the master of the truth. And if science okayed it, it was true. If they didn't okay it, it wasn't true. Isn't that the truth? Wow. We're going to go into our last break, and when we come back, we'll hear a few more words from the wonderful Bill Guggenheim, remembering his work and remembering his life. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Don't go anywhere. There's more Shades of the Afterlife coming right up. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store.
Did you know that tests that could save your life from cancer are now available for little or no cost thanks to the health care law called the Affordable Care Act? Let this be the year you get screening tests that can detect cancer early when it's most treatable. Don't let concerns get in the way. Talk to a doctor or other medical professional to learn more about the best cancer testing options for you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. You're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain. A dear friend of mine says, we are only dead if we are forgotten. Bill Guggenheim passed with a great book. Hello from Heaven. In it are so many different accounts of great reasons and signs that you can believe in the afterlife. It's been translated into many languages. He has spoken on the topic, not just to me, but so many others. Take a look on YouTube. Type in Bill Guggenheim. See who this wonderful man is. And I say is because he is still working no doubt, on behalf of humanity from the other side. Bill, I'm going to raise a glass and toast you a little bit later. I'd like to continue on with just a few more words from Bill. He was just talking about science. And if science can't believe something, we human beings tend not to believe. And if science okayed it, it was true. If they didn't okay it, it wasn't true. And now the latest thing is, is consciousness located in the brain or is it outside of the brain, non-local consciousness? Where does consciousness exist? We, we don't realize we all were raised with the same religion. I'm, I'm not saying we're Catholics or Protestants or Jews or whatever, but there's another religion we were raised with from first grade or preschool on right through college and PhDs, and that is science. Science is a way of looking at earth life on earth and evaluating it in a certain way and it's fine for physical matter i'm not disputing it and energy and those things but it's no good for these areas and but yet we attribute it as being infallible and having the last word on everything and so we're the ones who are starving and fearful about death i hear from uh, I saw many hospice people, how many people die hanging on to life with their fingernails because of their religion and science. They're afraid that that they're going to go to hell or to oblivion, one or the other. (laughs) You know, take your choice. That's a scary way to take your final breaths, yes. It it is. And and they look it and they act it and they speak it if they can speak. And that's the way they leave this planet, leave this life. They don't have to. That's the between science and some forms of religious belief, that's what they're left with. Typically, though, let me give you the positive. Mm-hmm. The positive is that many people, even if they've been in a coma, will for a few 
few moments before they make their transition. They open their eyes, they sit up, they're smiling. They will sometimes mention or point or indicate that their deceased loved one or one or more loved ones are present and have a big, big smile and, uh, and in a way saying, I'll be with you in a moment. And then they take their last breath and they're gone, but they have a whole welcoming committee waiting for them and escorting them to the light. That's awesome. A lot has happened since uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross did her research and the books on near-death experiences mm -hmm. and our book, Hello from Heaven, and all the other books on after-death communication. And they said earlier in some on out-of-body experiences. And the number of celebrities that have come forward shared their experiences in popular media. All these are chipping away at this really agnostic or atheistic viewpoint that there, there ain't no more. <laughs> and there <laughs> more sure is. How many people would you say have these experiences? More people than not? Or do you have any idea? Uh, the, yes. There was a poll conducted um, that indicated, before we ever began our work, and indicated that there was around 43, 44% of all Americans have had one an after-death communication experience. Now, that's if you include all the population of now over 300 million, you're speaking of about 125 million people, about a third. I'm going to say a third, conservatively, have had one, a third of the population. But then take into account, many people have never been bereaved, certainly, like young children. Yes. And uh, you know, older, some older, many older people. They've never been that close to somebody who's died. Maybe it was a grandparent, but they just weren't that close to that grandparent or whoever. So they haven't dealt with this. Or if they had somebody had come back, they wouldn't have recognized them or they would have blown it off very, very easily. Wow. And just kind of just discounted it. And that's sad, but uh, it's the way it is. <laughs> I know I've spoken to people and they've heard stories of other people that get these communications. Is there something people can do to increase their chances? I mean, I know you said to be open, and I, I do think having a quiet mind and, like you said, asking for a communication is important, but is there anything we can do or pay attention to differently to help have one? What I say is, first of all, ask. Asking is a form of prayer, if you like that word or not, mm -hmm. but asking is for a form of being open, you're admitting you there's something you more you would like. So ask the person we'd like to hear from to come back to you in okay. some form. So just plain be, ask, but with, with sincerity, not just off the top of your head. Okay, prove it to me. <laughs> no, but the cynical bias. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, I hear this going to happen now. You prove it to me, and maybe I'll, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll consider it. No, not, that's not asking. I mean, asking with a sincere, open, loving heart. And maybe they want to give a message to somebody else and offer to be of service to them, to give the message to maybe their spouse or another child or whoever it may be. And but asking is a form of being open, and it's a form of prayer, and uh, it creates an openness in your mind, in your emotions, in your in the possible. What is possible? Because that's what we're talking about. What is possible? It's amazing, as they say, there are no um, atheists in foxholes. Well, <laughs> here nobody has to be an atheist or agnostic. Just 
And you don't have to tell anybody if it doesn't happen or even if it does happen. You don't have to tell anybody. Mm-hmm. Just see what happens. Now, the other thing is, which is very positive, yes, learn how to meditate. Meditation does take time. But quieting your mind and just being in that present moment of mindfulness, you can do it in a second. Like I said in the beginning, being present to your feelings is the entryway for so much. And as Bill said, ask. Bill was kind enough to send me a beautiful laminated sheet called Who Do You Think You Are? And I'm delighted that it's also posted on his website, BillGuggenheim.com. I'd like to read this to you. These are words from Bill. Who do you think you are? When you were born, you entered this world with partial amnesia. These reminders will make your life happier, easier, and more fulfilling. You are an eternal soul who lives primarily in the spirit world. You chose your current lifetime and physical reality aboard Spaceship Earth as a student enrolled in the human experience to achieve spiritual growth in a universe of duality. You carefully selected your gender, race, color, nationality, culture, talent, education, and other personal characteristics. All your choices will provide lessons you will learn and lessons you will teach others. You picked out your physical body, the earth suit you're wearing, to function in this space-time dimension. One day it will stop working, and you will continue to exist. You mutually agreed to your primary relationships, grandparents, parents, partners, children, pets, etc. Be aware that every person and every experience is your teacher. You chose Earth to experience human emotions and elevate your consciousness. You're also here to learn to love every person unconditionally. To master these spiritual lessons, treat everyone with loving kindness, including yourself. To assure abundance, be humble. Serve others lovingly. Express gratitude often. Be understanding, compassionate, and forgiving. Acquire serenity, courage, and wisdom. Nurture others and yourself. Be creative. Always do your best. And celebrate life joyfully. To expand your awareness and develop your inner intuitive senses, meditate daily. This will broaden your spirituality and deepen your relationship with the Source. Learn to tune in, trust, and act upon your intuition. It offers clarity, insight, and practical guidance for all your situations, and it will empower you to make your best decisions. If you can't recall your purpose in life, pray it will be revealed. Of course, you have free will, and you can live any lifestyle you're able to create. You will receive everything you need for spiritual growth, but not necessarily what you want. Your soul plan and consciousness determine the experiences, people, and things you will attract. Do not judge others. You do not know what they came here to learn. Like the leaves on a huge tree, all people are connected to each other and part of the source. Do everything you can do to relieve suffering, inspire healing, harmony, and unity. When your physical body dies, when you graduate, you will bring with you all of the love and kindness you have shared, your memories, and the lessons you have learned. After your transition, 
you will have a life review. You will relive every thought, feeling, word, and action of your entire lifetime and experience how they affected everyone else. Remember, you are a being of light, an immortal spirit. You are enrolled in the human experience to learn spiritual love, compassion, kindness, forgiveness, wisdom, peace, etc. Eventually, your physical body will die and you will return to heaven. There, you will have joyous reunions with all of your deceased loved ones who are looking forward to your arrival. And last, love one another, serve one another, honor the source. Life and love are eternal. Thank you, Bill, and thank you for Hello from Heaven. As a reminder, my friends, WeDon'tDie.com is your home base for all past episodes of my podcasts. Also, to receive a free copy of my book, enter your name and email address on the bottom of that home page. Come join one of our medium classes. See what your soul is made of. You're pretty incredible. And last but not least, come join our free Sunday gathering. It's pretty darn special. I'm Sandra Champlain. Thank you for listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Make sure and check out all our shows on the iHeartRadio app or by going to iHeartRadio.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.